Welcome to the second annual Mutiny Comedy Radio Comedy Festival, you guys! Yeah! You guys, hopefully you can hear the the magnetic energy just coming off of this crowd. Get your butts over here! 21st in Florida. My name is Ruby Gill, and I'm hosting the first show of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We got some locals up in the house tonight. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Please, you know what? Let's just take this opportunity to thank uh, the woman who put this together. I believe this is the only female-run uh, comedy festival in San Francisco. Pam Benjamin, everybody! Yes! We would not be here without you, Pam. And no one would be listening to my sad jokes. <laughs> Uh, I was uh, telling a few people right before uh, I work in property management. There's just so much you got to do. One of our buildings just got tagged, you know? Yeah. It's so funny that I work on both sides. Like, I know people who tag buildings, and I know people who abate the graffiti, you know? But this tag was interesting because, uh, you know, we're in San Francisco, and it was a Pepe the Frog tag. You guys, can you believe that? Yeah. But it's so like crappily done that it just looked like a rudimentary Bart Simpson, which is always really sad. Sad for the man who invented it, Matt Fury. You know, I don't know. There's a lot to be upset about. I know I'm doing my part. Hope you guys are, you know. Raging hard in that comment section, you know. That's how I like to do my part. You know, there's so many sad things to focus on. Kellyanne, Kunta Conway, whatever, you know, it's all happening right now. I think the biggest reason I'm uh, upset about our current administration is that fun sex is over, right? Yeah. I don't know if you guys know now, but our, our abortions come with pesky punishments now. Woo, you know? I miss the old days, you know? You just walk in, super cash, get your abortion. Get your free toothbrush on the way out. No big deal. To the old days, everybody raises their joints all up at once. <sighs> but it is an interesting time. It's an interesting time. Everybody's more and more self-involved, and so are my friends. My friends are very self-involved. They're all getting together and pretending that they're in love. Ugh, disgusting. One of my friends actually asked me to be maid of honor recently at her wedding. It's really sweet, you know? She did it in a cute way. She uh, got down on one knee and uh, handed me a box of photos, you know, of what she wanted her wedding to look like. Do you guys know you can print uh, Pinterest on glossies now? Looks really good. Lots of mason jars, flower crowns. You guys get it. You guys have been there. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know, she's a pretty crafty person, though. Decided to do her wedding on the cheap. Made the rest of us pay for it. Such an honor. Really into that one. You know, I don't know. My friends are worried about me. I'll run into them at parties, and then I'll walk away, and I'll hear them say things like, Ooh, Ruby, she's got such a bad home life. <laughs> I just live by myself. I don't know what you're judging, you know? I don't know. They're, they, they're sad for me because they, they, they uh, don't like that I'm all alone. But you know what? You guys actually did get lucky recently. Yeah. So fun. Let loose. Let control. Let loose that man-hater-ish vibe that I've been having a lot of days. 
you know, as a late night dalliance. Maybe you guys have been involved in one of those before, you know. Get a little tipsy, you know. Lock eyes from across the room. Things get hot, steamy, <laughs> a little spicy. Yeah. I titty fucked a microwavable burrito the other night, you guys. Did you know you could just lay down and eat? Don't even need to dirty a plate. Especially when you don't have a clean one. Which is, yeah. There's so much disgusting crust all over my plates lately. Just a safer way to go. You know, we want the world to change. We want people that we don't like to change. We've got to change from within, don't you think, if we're going to ask for all this change? So I'm going to do the same thing, you know. Been uh, getting real about all my New Year's resolutions, you know. Lose weight, feel great, the normal one. Yeah, so I got myself a Fitbit, yep, to track my steps and missteps. Whoa. (laughs) A lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. Was uh, one of my friends pointed out, it does not track your drug abuse, guys. Not even a little bit. Don't trust those commercials. No. Yeah, you got to go further up the arm for those check marks, right? (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding, guys. I like the lighter stuff, the softer stuff. I like my alcohol. But I did have to, um, you know, put a public limit on what I can drink, you know. Because I like to vomit, like, at home, you know? I like a home toilet advantage. That's how I like to plan my life. The thing I really love is uh, I love to smoke weed. Anybody else in this room? Yes! Mutiny audience out there, I know you do, too. I do love it. I love it because now I get to be, like, all the crackpots I grew up around, you know? Weed is the healthiest drug for you. (laughs) such a good cough you know but uh, I do believe it's the healthiest drug for you you know because it always reminds me to drink plenty of water and that's good for you because we're like 66% water or like two-thirds whatevs I know fractions not bragging just telling me you know so I've been implementing all these like healthful tactics you know like uh, smoking significantly less crack which is good you know and uh, you know I've been putting more protein in my diet you know uh, Swedish fish, goldfish, just the leaner meats, you know, that's how you got to do it. Yeah, the thing that does me over every morning is uh, I love to cook a big breakfast, you know. I like to just greet the world with a full tummy, you know. I like to get a bite of everything, just just a taste of it all, you know. And there's no dish like an omelet, right, guys, especially in the morning. Oh, it's everything all eggy and delicious. But uh, as one of my helpful friends told me, uh, you know, you could do a low cholesterol omelet if you only use egg whites. Yeah. I bet your faces at home look disgusted too, you guys. <laughs> egg whites is literally the bitchiest term you could ever use in a restaurant. <laughs> but you actually have a great recipe. You ready for it? You ready? You ready? All right. Get a Cadbury cream egg, only use the white part. Mmm! <laughs> <laughs> That is some good cooking. <laughs> yeah, I, that's how I like to do it. I don't know. But, uh, you know, people, uh, they got all their tips, and they're always judging me, and especially my friends. They're like, you know, Ruby, you're not going to find a man with that kind of attitude. Like, Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I won't. But, you know, I don't know. I, 
like one of my friends she's she believes that i will meet the next guy on a dating app she's like i know it you didn't have any luck with all the other ones but ruby people aren't thirsty enough try farmers only okay (laughs) those guys are hungry (laughs) but i'm getting myself on all of it i think i'd date on apps more if uh it was an app i already used and trusted all the time like zipcar you know they had a dating option you know Pick me up on time, drop me off on time, leave me in a clean condition. You know, all my prereqs, just out of the way. But, you know, got to get on that dating apps. Got to get on the right ones, you know. Want to meet meet the one. Um, So uh, my friend suggested that I get on one that's perfect for me, you know. She said, I saw it and I thought of you. Ruby. It's called Pizza Meets Bagel. And I thought, delicious. That sounds like the app and appetizer for me, you know? So I got on my phone, started tapping in Pizza Meets Bagel. Not a dating app. Not even a regular fan app or anything. No, you guys. Uh, The dating app is actually called Coffee Meets Bagel. Yeah. Pizza Meets Bagel is a subtle hint your friend gives you and you've been eating too many Cadbury cream egg omelets and titty fucking too many microwavable burritos. <laughs> what do you do with that kind of slight? You know? Do you go home, retreat, get comfort from your puppet? No! <laughs> Folks, resilience is the best revenge. Yeah. So I've decided to steal that idea, and I'm creating a dating app called Pizza Meets Bagel. Yeah. yeah. Single overeaters come together across the city, you know, clank their knives, maybe something more happens. I don't know. Maybe they decide to get safe and use some condiments. I don't know. What I do know is that when pizza's on a bagel, you can have Ruby anytime. <laughs> You guys are about to enjoy me for the next 50 minutes because I will be your host. Thank you so much. We're going to keep this awesome show going with your next comic. One hand against the other makes a fantastic sound for Geneva Rust Orda. Woo! Woo! Hello. How are you? Good. I'm good too. Thanks for asking. I've uh, been trying to be positive lately, so I'm changing the way I see the world. Um, I've got a new philosophy going. I think I think at any given point in time, we have a perspective of ourselves that's really negative and really critical. And what happens is we get older and we look back on where we were at the time, and we realize we were being way too hard on ourselves for no reason. And it's not fair. It's not cool. For example, when I was younger, when I was like in middle school, I didn't think I had a very attractive face. Like, I didn't think my face was sexy at all. But what happened was I got older and I started actually having sex. And it turns out that my face is what people are most interested in fucking. (laughs) So, I was just being silly. So there's your upper. Um, I'm gonna tell you how I was conceived, because I I went to an all-girls middle school, so I've been socialized to think you wanna know all of my secrets. I was, I am a gay bee. I have gay parents, I have two moms, two beautiful moms. Um, 
Thank you. Obviously, they're lesbians, so they're beautiful on the inside. But um, I was born through artificial insemination. So if while I've been up here, you've been thinking, wow, she really seems like the love child of a middle-aged lesbian and a 20-year-old dude who could really use some extra cash. <laughs> Spot on. You nailed it. I am. So uh, I was born through artificial insemination, which is crazy because I look so much like a real person. But uh, I am fake. Geneva is my nickname. The name on my birth certificate is Experiment 626. <laughs> but uh, my mom started calling me Geneva when I started school because she wanted me to have a conventional name. You don't have to have a dad to have dad jokes. So, so I've never, yeah, I've never had like a daddy. Well, not a platonic one. Uh, so, but it was all right. There was only one hard thing about growing up with two moms, and it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like I got used to it. It was always just, it was always really quiet around my house. Like there was never a lot of laughter in the halls. Because women aren't funny. So, I'm not homophobic. Um, I think that's how everyone should start a homophobic statement. So I do understand when men say lesbian sex isn't satisfying, like I get it, because it wouldn't be for them, because it wasn't made with men in mind. Um, the question I get asked most is how my parents have sex with each other. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're gay, like it's, it's probably just a whole lot of anal. So. But uh, lesbians are like everyone else. You know, they fall in love, they start a family, they get divorced. Um, so my parents are divorced, but I'm not mad at them about it or anything because it's silly to blame other people for something that's all my fault. So they're divorced. Um, they're divorced and remarried to two new women. So I have four Jewish moms. Um, which is great, like it's fantastic, I love it. The only thing that would be better than four Jewish moms would be just the first two that I started with. But I have the next best thing. Um, so I have four moms and an older brother, so I'm the black sheep of the family because um, I'm the only one that likes cock. So. But uh, that's weird. Um, but I've always taken after my butch mom more, like more than my femme mom. Like, um, but it's weird because I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm like interested in relationships where I'm the pretty one, um, which doesn't come naturally to me at all. And, and my flatmate's really good at it. Like she's really good at being feminine in a relationship. Like she just started seeing someone and he came over the other night and she like lit a candle. And I was like, why would you do that? And she said, because uh, I just thought it would be nice. Like, I thought it would be sweet and romantic. And I was like, I never think to do that. And I reflected back on it. And uh, I've only ever lit a candle once for a guy who was coming around. And it was only because I'd had a massive shit uh, right before he got there. So it's a different. It's a different thing. Um, the last guy I slept with said I was patronizing, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, I don't know why I share that. I just am lonely and want to talk to people. <laughs> um, so I go out drinking a lot because I like to cry in public. Uh, but I was very, I'm, I'm used to being lonely. I was a precocious Jew. I was born with a bush. Um, no, I was, that's not what I mean. Um, I remember like in preschool, um, there was like a sandbox and all the other kids used to play in the sand. And when I go in, I was just like the Jew in the sand wandering. Um, that's a biblical reference. I'm a cultural Jew. I go to a lot of museums, so uh, Jews. When I, w I went to England for school uh, in a really rural part of England, and for the first time in my life, I like met people who'd never seen a Jew before and didn't really know like what Jews were or Judaism. And I got a lot of questions. And my friend Sam was like, "I just don't get it. Like, I just don't understand. How can you believe in something that can't be proven?" And I was like, well, everyone believes in something. Like, whatever it is for that person, everyone has a belief in something that uh, can't necessarily be proven. And for me, it's the Holocaust. Yeah. It gets worse. I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do believe in the Holocaust, which is why uh, when my grandma told me that she wanted to be cremated, I said, that's messed up. Um, but uh, then she gave me her reason for wanting to be cremated. She said, Geneva, I've been working since I was 12 years old. I lied about my age to get my first job. I was retired for 10 minutes, and I felt sick from boredom. Underground, I'll have nothing to do. But in an urn, I can still find work as a doorstop, or a paperweight, or a pop of color in a waiting room. She's, a, she's an interior designer. Um, so, and it's my grandma's dying wish to be used after death in a doctor's office or a law firm. So the only way that her soul will be able to find peace when she is gone is if one of her grandchildren becomes a doctor or a lawyer and takes her to work in their office. Otherwise, she'll just be another Jew burned for no reason at all. Um, and now I study theater. So that's the end of that joke, really. People, uh, people keep telling me to develop my bits. And as a female comedian, I find that really offensive. Bits are fine. Um, I am a female. Um, I was talking to a, I was talking to a man in a bar the other night. He was quite a bit older than me, and I was talking to him because um, I wanted a drink. And uh, he told me, uh, "Don't be a comedian. It's harder for women." And I was like, "Why?" No, I was just like, "Why?" And um, he said, "Well, as a female, it's harder because you get on stage and people just see you naked." And I was like, fuck, like I, I had no idea and I'd just been getting on stage willy-nilly performing and I don't always take care of everything uh, down there. And um, so what I've done tonight for this festival is I've jazzled my vagina for you all. Yeah, you're welcome. So I've got a pink landing strip at the minute, as you can probably see. The white dotted line down the middle <laughs> 
and I paid extra for itty bitty people to stand on either side with glow sticks <laughs> to direct traffic uh, towards the front entrance because there's been some confusion in the past. I'm the victim and the butt of that joke. Um, so this has been fun. I think that's my time. Have a really good festival. Bye. One more time for Geneva, you guys. She's got a face you can write home to your moms about, right? Totally get it. You know, I'm I'm also not a doctor or a lawyer. Jewish parents are just like Indian parents, guys. Learn something new every day. They hate Muslims. No, just kidding. But Indians did uh, invent anti-Islamism. All right. <laughs> you guys ready for another gut-busting comic? Well, your next comic is honestly one of my favorites and soon to be yours. Please make it loud for Journey Roberts, everybody! Hi, San Francisco. I live here, kinda. I live here in a school bus. Because, uh, fuck you. Because, <laughs> because fuck you, basically. Because fuck this city. Uh, because that is the most responsible economic decision I've ever made in my life. Uh, I, I know people think I'm a fucking dirtbag, uh, which I reinforce at every measure. It's hard to make friends when you're always getting out of a school bus going, yeah, I live in a fucking school bus. <laughs> it's hard, I don't, <laughs> I'm a little spiky about it. Uh, most people don't care, or they're just super patronizing. They go, oh, I think that's neat. Fuck those people. Uh, anyway, I'm figuring money out. Uh, I finally decided to stop running my bank account like a game of Tetris. Which seems better, seems like a good idea. I'm gonna start selling toast to the bitches in Dolores Park. I'm going to charge $3 for cinnamon because I know how much this city likes to overpay for ridiculous bullshit. I hate you all, in case that's not coming across. In case that's unclear at all, I just quit a job working uh, bars on Polk Street uh, weekends and nights with the tech people. Uh, so I'll be leaving San Francisco soon. Uh, because fuck this city. So anyway, welcome to the local show. Uh, <laughs> here, we, here we are. <laughs> yay, yay San Francisco. Um, I do live on a school bus. Uh, it wasn't the plan to be in San Francisco for two years on a bus, uh, but mechanical issues have just made me just straight homeless, like just straight. Like that was never the plan. The plan was always to be other places. Uh, I don't know, you can't, you can't be homeless and own an oven, can you? But you can, you can, because when you're just going around blocks, you're just, you're just an asshole on a bus. You're just on a school bus. Soon I will be gone. Fuck you all next month. I like you for now. <laughs> I will keep drinking and convincing myself I like this city. I don't like this city. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this city. I've just never seen uh, people who are like technocrats and also the most vapid party bitches you've ever... 
like in the same, in the same, like all the worst of like, you know, communist bureaucrats with like the worst like party douchebags in the same 22 year old people with money, which has never been a good idea. Like 22 year old people with money are just straight, like there's nothing good. There's never been anything good about 20 person in the, go Giants. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's me. I'm a mean person. Anyone else? Mean? I'm uh, pro-bullying. I'm a favor of bullying, uh, which I realized listening to the nice people at NPR. There's this guy on NPR, he keeps, uh, he's all broken up because when he was 15, some kids threw him in a lake. So he went back to his high school reunion to inform those people he makes more money than they do which I'm pretty sure is why that little bitch got his ass. Thrown in a lake, guys. Some people just need to be bullied. If no one had ever told you that you're boring and you smell funny, you would still be walking around like that, I'm saying. Hug a bully, guys. Person's doing a public service. That's just quality control, that's all that is. I think about all the time, like all the things that you need before you become a person. Like people think you're born a person. You're not born a person. Like you have to go through some serious shit before you're a person. If you look at all the great people, something horrible happened to them early. They had polio or mom died when they were 12. Something went really fucking wrong. And they developed empathy and became humans. (laughs) I'm not saying you should hit your kids. I'm just saying it's better for the rest of us if they get hit, that's all. (laughs) You should definitely not hit your kids, just maybe leave them places and hope for the best. Uh, Because fuck this city. (laughs) Hey, uh, Zuckerberg might run for president in 2020, why not? He's thinking about it, I mean, he's got the media machine, fucking why not? We can do, we can just do, we can just do, what's the Orson Welles thing? We can just do that all over again, why? That guy was 22 with money. Has never been a person, will die dead. (laughs) Guy's gonna die dead. A lot of people are, and those are the people who wanna live forever. And are working on living forever. I think immortality's a scam, but that's me. (laughs) Complete scam. I think if you live forever, you would spend all your time checking for exits. (laughs) Just trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of this thing. There's gotta be a way out. There's got to be a way out. Aren't you more comfortable knowing you're gonna die at some point? Like, not soon, not now, I'm just saying. All right, fuck me, I'm mean, I'm mean. Mean, mean, Uh, I finally got rid of my boyfriend, congratulate me, yay, yay, yay. It's, It's fucked up living with an ex for any amount of time. It's really fucked up living on a school bus with an ex. For a year, we used to sleep uh, head to toe like homophobes. <laughs> it's really, it's like it's just a year, it's just a year of that, like on top of the homeless dirtbaggery, just bad. Uh, here's when I knew it was all over between us was uh, I started getting jealous listening to girls complain about getting fucked and ghosted. Like that's, that sounds like so much more fun to me. <laughs> Like I get the guys who fuck me and hang around. Make sure I regret it. Uh, (laughs) 
would so much rather have, we'll always have, you know, Zeitgeist or whatever. I don't know why that gets such a big laugh. It always does. It's just the douchey hipster bar. Everyone, everyone knows. Uh, <laughs> yay, go Giants. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the local show. Uh, Anyway, but I mean, I used to uh, I used to hurt this boy's feeling all the time because his yeah he's only got a couple. <laughs> There's like three tops, and they're like time release. You gotta wait. But uh, I used to <laughs> I used to hurt his feelings. He used to want to like sit me down and be like, "Hey, now no babies. I don't want any babies." I was always like, "Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're good, Sparky. <laughs> you can." <laughs> No one's trying to fucking trap you. You can go ahead and relax. Uh, <laughs> please believe I'm not sneaking around with pins in the middle of the night. Like, getting through. I guess you're supposed to like temper that more and be, oh no, no, oh, I was, I was so looking forward to pushing your gremlins out of my coach. Now, tragically, I'm just gonna have to devote myself to art and music, and you know. Get to grips with Coppola, heartbroken, so sad. Uh, <laughs> so sad. I don't know, uh, his sperm just doesn't taste special to me. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe there's 56 presidents floating around that ball sack. I just can't, can't taste it. Uh, everyone loves this guy. He's the life of the party. You love the life of the party, right? Just, just imagine that guy following you home, that's all. <laughs> For a year on a school bus. Uh, so I'm a person. I don't know about the rest of you fucking bitches, but I am have been a person, and now I'm going to go uh, get blotto and be not a person. Uh, it's been fun. Thank you, San Francisco. Kill host. Kill host. Ruby Gill. Thank you so much. She's a person, and she let us ride her fun bus. One more time for Journey. Yeah. Number one Giants fan here. I'm very uh, honored to be hosting this Locals Only show. It feels like uh, all my favors are around, and uh, it's certainly true of your next comedian. Uh, God, you can see him all over. And uh, I just love him, okay? I really do. I think uh, I think you guys are all in for a treat. Please make it loud for Clay Newman! Woo! Is anybody on this show like from San Francisco? Like actually born in the city of San Francisco? Did that happen? Anybody in the audience actually born in the city? What did you people do to the people born in the city? It's like, I get that we can't all be from here, but how are none of us from here? That's... Is Ed Lee eating San Franciscans? I don't know. I've been here for uh, I've been here for 11 years, which feels pretty San Francisco. We have got it on my driver's license, so I'll take that. Get to get into the zoo for cheap some days. So that's pretty cool. Um, San Francisco people think like they have this misconception that there's only one mentality out here that you only hear one point of view, and that's not true at all. Like politically, there's a lot of different points of view. Like I I heard this like, this guy talking to his friend. He was walking down the street and he was telling his friend like. Republicans are so stupid. Can you 
believe how stupid Republicans are right now? And his friend stopped him. He's like, look, you got to understand Republicans aren't stupid. Okay. Republicans are evil. (laughs) So yeah, we got like the full spectrum of beliefs here. It's really nice. So yeah, it's, like, I used to think you can't be both. I used to think you can't really be both stupid and evil. Like, George Bush, I knew wasn't evil because he was st- he was too stupid. Like, W was too stupid to be a James Bond villain, for example. Like, that couldn't happen. <laughs> that, like, that wouldn't even be a Mission Impossible movie. Like, he's way too dumb to be conniving. But Trump, like, he's half Nurse Ratchet, half Bugs Bunny dressed like a nurse. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell what he is. It's crazy. We're at this like insane point where our government is just so rich and white and bland. I'd say it's like yogurt, but at least yogurt is cultured. <laughs> I like that joke because like there's a lot of different ways that could offend people. Like I did that I did that joke in Southern California and uh I did that in LA, and I did that in Ventura. They didn't like that in either place. Uh, in Ventura, which is a little redneck, they didn't like it because I brought up politics and it made them uncomfortable. In LA, I was in a very bougie restaurant, and they didn't like that because they were vegetarian and yogurt is their only source of protein. <laughs> like, you leave yogurt the fuck out of this. Yo plays all I got. I watched 45 minutes of CNN, which... Uh, It was crazy because it took 45 whole minutes for me to start giggling at the fact that the man delivering the news calls himself Wolf. (laughs) Like, that's how nuts the news is. It took 45 minutes of, like, and then nobody survived the tragic attack in Fallujah. Back to you, Wolf. Like, you can't... (laughs) His name is Wolf Blitzer. If your name is Wolf Blitzer, you have to fight Bear Grylls. the only way the two of them have to fight the winner gets to keep their name and stupid TV show Um, I would honestly like to see either of them do the other one's job like I know Wolf Blitzer would die immediately in the wilderness but Bear Grylls this is a guy who literally just murders animals for a living like he is PETA's worst nightmare I'd love to put him on CNN and like so Bear we've got a big problem with transgender bathrooms in South Carolina. How are we gonna fix this situation? You can kill a turtle by stabbing it in the neck and just stabs a turtle. Yeah, I know, it's a sad show. Uh, I, uh, I, I've recently discovered the best relationship that I've ever been in. Like. I just discovered the best possible, like, and I'm talking about, like, an individual and a scenario, like, because I, I really like this individual, but the scenario is the most ideal relationship it could possibly be. I met this girl who, pretty much weeks before we met, had decided to go to art school in Germany. I met a girl with a three-month expiration date on our relationship. I don't know why you're not cheering wildly. That's the best... <laughs> 
possible situation for a relationship. I'm not saying like, yeah, fuck him and leave him, right, fellas? Like, no, I love this girl. I'd love to spend more time with her. But three months is the exact amount of time it takes to get sick of me as a person. And so, like, this is, it gets to end well. Clay gets to not win this one, but at least I get to be like, ah, oh, the Germans got another one. Like, this gets to be nice. You get to have a pen pal in Germany. You get to pretend that if I could ever afford to go over there, like I got a cozy bed to stay in. Uh, brief update. She broke up with me anyways. She didn't, yeah. She didn't know that it was the perfect relationship. Uh, I thought, I thought that was given. Uh, she broke up with me via text message uh, the day before Valentine's Day, which if you ever want to care about Valentine's Day, get broken up with via text message the day before. It makes that like a very important holiday all of a sudden. Uh, obviously, it was like my top three out of nowhere. Um, and I handled it, I think, like anybody else would have. I drank the wine that was going to be for dinner. I ate the chocolates that were going to be her present. And I watched Boys in the Hood. Like, I didn't realize that last part, like, that was, that was just kind of what happened to be on, but it turns out that's the perfect movie. Like, if you ever get dumped or get fired, throw on Boys in the Hood, man. Put things into perspective. Like, at least, at least I didn't get shot right after getting a, getting a scholarship. Ricky. At least I'm a better actor than Ice Cube. Um... <laughs> Uh, the Oscars just happened, which, uh, that it's amazing to me that we finally, and we had to guilt the Oscars into giving black people an Oscar. We had to guilt them into doing it. And they had to let the whitest movie of all time be on stage for it to happen. They're like, all right, we'll give you an Oscar. La La Land though, right? Like, can we all admit La La Land deserves to be on stage? White people saving jazz, just, just like in real life. Um, he looked at his feet when he was dancing. It was terrible. Did you not? Uh, I'm a, I have mixed emotions about that movie uh, as a theater major. Uh, I, I wanted to like it, but as like a person who liked movies, that was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. Like. <laughs> Like, like, when you're a theater major, we just, we don't get much. We don't get many things, like, like a musical doesn't happen that often. And so, like, for example, I remember when uh, American Idiot, the Green Day musical, came to town. Green Day put on a musical called American Idiot. I like musicals, and I grew up on Green Day, and I have never seen two things that I love put together in a more upsetting fashion. It was, it was the worst thing. It was the worst thing. Like, first off, they didn't use anything before American Idiot. Fuck you. You wrote a whole album about masturbating. There's gotta be a song about masturbating in the musical. There was one dance move. This was the choreography. Very upsetting. (laughs) 
This is what happens when you don't come up with a game plan. You're like, we're just going to yell about Green Day. Uh, that's usually how my lift rides go these days. It's just, it all starts with how's the weather, and then it's just me yelling about Green Day, getting three-star reviews. That's how it goes. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure we could say this is the best comedy you guys have ever seen. Uh, I think we're there. Mutiny's off to a hot start this festival. Uh, I, I hope for myself, like I know, I know it's going to get better, but I wonder like where it's going to go. Like I hope someday you guys will be watching Comedy Central and like maybe you think of the time you saw me here and you say to yourselves, that Clay Newman guy, I wonder if he's watching Comedy Central too. <laughs> maybe I'll give it up for Ruby Gill. She's killing it. So many knee slappers. He had a pretty, he had a lot of really good points. Uh, one was that uh, the show is called Locals Only, and uh, much like San Francisco, we're all expats who've uh, overstayed our welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Speaking of expats who, who probably feel like they've overstayed their welcome, are you guys ready for your headliner? You guys can catch her on funnyfrench.com. She is a wonderful comedian and a dear friend of mine. Please clap it up for Clara Bell. Oh, and give it up for me a little bit. Uh, okay, thank you. That is so nice. Woo. Um, all right, uh, San Francisco uh, comedians, is that what it is? San Francisco, yeah, I'm French, so there you go. Uh, thank you, wow, <laughs> I like your reaction of nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, you guys make me feel welcome. Uh, thank you, well, you know what, I am French, but I have health insurance, so fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> that's how it goes, like I'm so, you know, <laughs> I know you guys are still on the fence about it, I'm here to tell you it is great. Uh, you know, America, health insurance is your friend, you know, go for it. Uh, I know sometimes Americans are like, how did you get health insurance? And I'm like, I was born with it. And they're like, wow, mine blown. Uh, so that's fine. That's an old joke. Um, that's an old joke. I, I was worried uh, that with Obamacare, I was not going to be able to do that joke anymore. But thanks to Trump, you know, it's going to it's gonna be on for a while. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Trump. Okay, good. You guys hate the French. That's fine. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, so yeah, I am French. That's fine. I live in San Francisco. Um, that's not true. I don't live in San Francisco. I live in Berkeley now. I used to live in San Francisco, which is fine. Right up the street, like around the corner, in Bernal Heights. I don't know if you're familiar with that neighborhood uh, a very passive aggressive uh, neighborhood like everyone in Bernal walks around with a piece of paper and a pen like ready to write you a note at any time and uh, I got a note on my car the other day it said you parked too close to my car had to enter my car through the passenger seat rude exclamation point exclamation point exclamation I get that note I'm fucking furious so I take my piece of paper and my pen and I write you and your car have a fat ass and I just <laughs> put it on the car next to mine, you know, and then I peel off, and then I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I put it on the wrong car, I, oh, and then I'm like, what am I doing, you know, like, I used to live in New York City, I should be able to handle this shit, you know, like, as a matter of fact, I go to New York City once a year just to fill up on the hate, you know, you get out of the airport in New York, and people are like, hey, fuck you, and you're like, oh, thank you, that's what I needed, thank you, that's beautiful, I, uh, thanks, kid, you know, and here, like, you're writing notes, and 
I got the note, I got a note, that note, I was furious, so I was just like, oh my God, I need to do something, I need to write my note back, because otherwise I'm going to go home and hit my kids, and I don't want to do that, <laughs> that or do yoga, you know, and uh, I do yoga a lot, um, I don't hit my kids, I hit other people's kids, you know, <laughs> my kids would be abused, others is just like, whatever, um, okay, good, I see, I'm a French comedian, you guys, I don't really go for the laugh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I go for complete silence, and uh, I am killing by my standards, so thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's fine. Um, well, I went running, you guys, today. That's what I did. Uh, I did. I ran. It was the worst three minutes of my life. Uh, I have to say, I am tired uh, right now. Good. All right, one-liner's not happening here. Uh, maybe on the radio is fine. So, um, I, uh, let's see. I have children. Um, Thank you. I, I'm sexually active. That's what happens, you know, like I fuck and deliver, like literally. Uh, and so, yeah, I have a few of them. Uh, and thank you. I don't know if you guys have kids, but uh, uh, they're great. Uh, you're supposed to say that when you have them. Uh, they're awesome. I'll tell you the real reason why I have children is because I've, I've um, you know, always wanted to have pets and uh, I just wanted to practice uh, on my children first. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I could be a good mother uh, to my pets. And uh, so I had the kids, you know, I, I, I practiced on them for a few years. And now I have two cats. I, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm so proud of them. They're just so cute, you guys. Uh, they're doing, I almost didn't make the show uh, because my cat setter canceled on me at the last minute. And uh, I can't let my cats go to sleep without anyone reading them a story. Uh, and it's what I do all day. I just read them stories like all the time, like 16, 17 stories a day because they go to sleep all the time. Uh, anyways, that's, that's what I do. I love my cats. They're great. One is doing ballet. Uh, the other one is uh, doing soccer. And uh, it's just great, you know. Anyways, get a pet. It's a lot of fun. Uh, no? Okay, good. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I do have kids. Um, which is fine, you know, it happens to a lot of people, um, like mostly people who fuck, I don't know what you guys, do. anyways, whatever, I don't want to judge you guys, I see you don't have kids, but that's fine, uh, you go to library all the time, is that what, you know, <laughs> it's fine, um, so I have children, I like them, um, they're fine, uh, you have to teach them, you know, you, like, I talk to my daughter all the time, I try to educate her, and, I was telling her that my mother uh, went to an all-girls school, and, and she was like, why? And I was like, well, because grandma grew up in a time when little boys were not allowed to go to school because they were too dumb. And, <laughs> and she had a look of panic on her face. She was like, oh, my God, there are boys in my class. I said, yeah, I know. The government is forcing us to educate them. Uh, they're still dumb, you know, <laughs> go tell your friends, go, go, <laughs> shoot. Uh, you know, it's like one child at, at a time that you're going to change the world. Uh, <laughs> so. But kids are great. Like, you can do a lot of shit with kids. Like, I go to the, I go to the airports all the time. When, when there were babies, I would go to the airports all the time. Like, and not really traveling anywhere. Just I would just walk around from gate to gate making other travelers really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, where are you guys going? Oh my God, so are we. That's amazing. I think she's sitting next to you because I travel in first class, can't stand traveling with babies. Uh, <laughs> I hope your iPad is working. It's going to be a long fucking flight for you. See you in Miami, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's how I roll. Uh, <laughs> so kids are fine. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my daughter has a bit of a chip on her shoulder. Um, 
when we were at the airport last time, just dicking around, uh, you know, there was a guy who was like terribly rude to us. And, um, and <laughs> my daughter was like, uh, yeah, she, my daughter whispered something in my ear and, and I was like, oh, sir, I'm sorry, but, uh, my daughter wants you to fuck off. And, uh, <laughs> And the guy was like, no, she doesn't, it's you. And I was like, no, it's her, like, I'm just like her peon. And, uh, oh, wait, I'm supposed to give you the finger now. And anyways, whatever. Uh, kids are great. Uh, you, you, can, you know, like, if it was me telling him to fuck off, it would be rude. But coming from a child, it's so fucking cute. You know, you just can't. No, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, we're suppo- I'm, I am French. I feel like... Um, I feel like I'm not liked in this country right now, um, which is fine. I can deal with it because I have a lot of money, um, <laughs> which makes everything okay. I don't know if you guys have money or not, but if you don't, just go out there and get some because it's fucking awesome. Uh, anyways, that's my tip from me to you. Uh, that's fine. But anyways, I don't have that much money, but enough to be, you know. Anyways, I'm fucking loaded. It's all you need to know. I, anyway, I, I don't want to talk about all my money, but uh, you just, I, anyways, whatever. Um, so I usually wear a whole lot more jewelry, but you know, I didn't want to create a distance, you know, between <laughs> you guys and, <laughs> I didn't want you guys to be looking at me like, wow, that's some rich bitch. Cause you'd be right. Like I'm fucking, anyways, whatever, enough about my, my money. Uh, there is a, people are talking about immigration and I get it. You know, as an immigrant, uh, I get it. Like people are like, ah, oh, you know, we, you know, immigrants come here and they take our jobs, you know, and they read all our books. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they do. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the library like all the time, just like reading shit, you know. And I see American people next to me, like, oh, you know, <laughs> when are you gonna return that book? I'm like, never, motherfucker. You know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, we're supposed like immigrants. Oh God, and. Um, yeah, because, um, there you go. I know a lot about refugees as well. Um, I know you guys don't like to talk about refugees, but uh, I, know, I know a lot about them. And um, some of my relatives are refugees. Um, and I'm here to tell you, they have no sense of humor whatsoever. Oh, my God. Like, refugees are just, like, moping around their camps all day long. Like, oh. We don't have a country. It's like, dude, yeah, I know. Like, my TV broke this morning. I guess we all have problems. <laughs> You guys hate refugees. Uh, <laughs> that's why. No, you have to be kind to refugees because, um, I don't know, that's what they tell us to do. Uh, <laughs> I saw some people who had signs like, you know, trying to welcome refugees and it was like, it was like these big pancards and on it it said like, welcome and then bienvenue and then willkommen. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe you want to cross out the German. Uh, <laughs> might scare them off uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, all right, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off. Um, oh, um, speaking about refugees and, you know, good causes and stuff, I, uh, I, um, I'm getting a petition uh, started, and I would love for you guys to sign it. Um, I'll be outside, like, collecting signatures. I haven't decided what the petition is about um, yet. I guess it'll just depend on how many signatures I get. Uh, and <laughs> if you guys want to give me money as well, I'll, I'll just use it to good, um, for a good cause. Uh, I'm also collecting funds, and, and depending on how much I get, we'll decide uh, what we're going to do with it. Uh, maybe I'll just go to lunch. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been great. Thank you so much. This festival's going on tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. So please grab your tickets. We got plenty of shows. 
This has been Locals Only. I've been your host, Ruby Gill. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it because, you know... nausea and get in douche, euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. Yo, that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good. Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. Then it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tuchel Matters with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 
21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S., from Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Give me a little- 
Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato. Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. What a tomato. No, no, seriously. I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? What a tomato. Dude, it's a fine, beautiful tomato. I want to eat one, too. I want one right now. I like to eat them like an apple with salt. Tell me, where'd you get the tomato? What a tomato. Are you high? Just tell me where I can find a tomato like that. What a tomato. Is this a metaphor? What a Tomato Produce Company in San Francisco. For all your wholesale produce needs, 2055 Jared Avenue. Hope your legs are looking sexy, because we're going to charm your pants off. Come to the Charm Offensive Comedy Show at Punchline San Francisco. It's a night of great jokes, magnetic personalities, featuring the Bay Area's most awarded comedians, plus national headliners. You'll laugh. You'll swoon. And when you regain your composure, you'll swipe right. Tuesday, March 7th. Doors at 7, show at 7.30 at 444 Battery Street in San Francisco's Financial District. Brought to you by Paco Romaine and Destiny's Mom's Comedy. Our last show sold out, so get your tickets now at punchlinecomedyclub.com. Charm Offensive at Punchline Comedy San Francisco. Tuesday, March 7th. See you there, sexy. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let him confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business, it's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Mutiny Radio, welcome to the Comedy Festival. Yeah, we did it. We're all here. All right, this is the East of the Rockies show. And why am I standing up here, a San Francisco comedian? Well, I'm actually originally from the great, great state of New Jersey. New Jersey, yes, it's a wonderful state. And why am I dressed? Like Hans Gruber, you may be asking. And it's because I came here by way of Brooklyn, New York. And I used to work in marketing and advertising. 
in the go-go world, cutthroat, buying and selling people for breakfast. That's what I used to do. But now I'm a barista who makes coffee and I tell jokes on the radio. That's what I do. But there are differences I've found in living out here for the past three years between the East Coast and the West Coast. Back to the way I dress, that's a thing in New York. People dress, they dress up. They dress up for things. They dress up for dates especially, because we all want to get laid. We all got to show we have some coin or a pocket, right? Guys, you with me? Yeah, got to show up the flash. In San Francisco, everybody dresses down. They want to be comfortable and cozy, wearing PJs to dinner dates, you know? But in New York, we used to dress up. Like, I take these artist chicks out all the time in Brooklyn, and we go over to Manhattan, right? Because it was always an adventure. And we go places, like hotel bars. And she dress up like a prostitute. I dress up like a gay spy. We'd see how long it took to get kicked out of the place, you know? Or she'd dress up like a steampunk princess, and I dress up like a 17th century dandy. And we go open a joint savings account at the bank and just look at the people and get their reactions all day long. But, uh, you know, dating is hard, right? Out here in San Francisco, it's very difficult. East Coast, it's kind of easy. If you're a guy and you have a job and you're straight, you're going to do okay. Out here, it's a little harder because there are way more guys, so it's ladies' choice. You got to impress. You got to show off. You got to be something special. But I seem to be lacking because I'll go on these great dates and, you know, at the end of the night, we'll make out a little bit and she'll say, yeah, contact me tomorrow. We'll go out again. And I'm like, yes, I'm in. This is great. This is going to happen. But the next day, I go and I text him and I said, last night was awesome. I'd love to see you again. When can we go out again? And do you know what they say? And this has happened more than once. I'm sorry, you're such a great guy, but I decided to get back with my ex. <laughs> like, how did you forget about Steve? Like, what about last night made you say, man, making out last night was amazing. I mean, I haven't made out with anybody like that since I made out with Steve. <laughs> and I haven't taken out a broke guy and had to pay for him on a date since I went out with... Holy shit, I gotta find out what Steve's up to. God, I miss Steve, I really do. And it's like, how did you misplace a penis? Like, I know where every potential sexual partner I have in San Francisco is at all times on GPS. Like, that, that is just the thing. So ladies, how are you losing not just the penis, but the entire person attached to that penis? How, why is poor Steve getting forgotten about? Can, can, I'm just saying, can we put together a collection for Steve? Please? Come on. All right. Oh, the other thing about the East Coast is everybody's in a rush, everybody's in a hurry. You know, out here, everything's a little slower, a little different. Uh, I work in coffee. I serve coffee to people all day long. And the East Coast, if you go into a coffee shop and you forget what you want to order when you get to the front of the line, uh, not only is the barista going to chastise you, but the entire line is going to groan at you. Right? Like, come on! What are we waiting for? You to figure... You should have known when you walked in here what you wanted. Get out! You don't get coffee today. Get out of here. But West Coast... 
the barista is going to forget your order three times before he goes to try and make it. All right? You, wait, you want to, oh, man, you wanted to, where, what day is it? Uh. <laughs> and it's, it's because the medical marijuana is just that good out here. It really is. You know, East Coast, growing up in Jersey, pot really wasn't a thing. We all drank. Drinking was way easier than getting pot. All right? You had to know somebody who knew somebody down in Newark. Right? It was just, that was it. You know? So we just g got drunk. Right? Out here, it's amazing. I quit drinking because of pot and my American Express bill. I, you know, it's, you know it's bad when one day your credit card company calls you to say, oh, we got to verify some charges. You say, all right. And they say, okay, we got bar, bar, liquor store, taxi, bar, falafel stand, bar, bar. And after a while, you realize this isn't a fraud investigation so much as it is an intervention. <laughs> so I quit drinking. I quit drinking about six months ago. Uh, I've been sober ever since from the booze. I've been smoking pot every day ever since. Uh, and it really, I've become a better person. I really have. Because uh, when I was drinking, I used to do terrible things to people all the time. All right? Like I'd go to parties and I'd be entertaining. All right? And beautiful women would hit on me and I'd wind up going home with somebody. All right? It was just awful. Right? <laughs> Oh my God, so now I just smoke pot and stay home. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, and my love life has improved too. Because, you know, aside from the random women at parties, you know, the worst thing I ever did when I was a drunk, and I was a drunk, uh, was I carried on a year-long relationship with a woman I cared nothing about. Absolutely nothing about. And I felt, I, to this day, I feel terrible about it. Uh, the worst thing I ever did when I was stoned was just forget to have sex with her. So, you know, I'm doing better. I'm doing much, much better. Uh, but it's, you know, I love working in coffee, but some days, you know, the East Coast of me comes back out, right? You know, you're, I'm, I try and be zen. I try and be, you know, just projecting love and happiness like a Care Bear jizzing into the world, you know. And the Care Bears are bullshit, but we'll come back to them, you know. I, but... Working in coffee, you know, I have these wonderful customers, my regulars, they come in all the time. We have little conversations, you know, despite there being a line out the door. Because at the place I work, it's all about individual service. It's about loving your customer as much as you love your family member. You know, it's about being, feeling like you're home, you know. But sometimes, ooh, sometimes, these tech San Francisco people come in and they just, ooh, they grate that last, that last, I just can't deal with this anymore nerve, you know, of New Yorker in me. And it's, I had a guy, I'd say he came in, but he attempted to arrive on a goddamn hoverboard. <laughs> in 2017, on a Amazon won't even sell him anymore. <laughs> The airlines won't let you bring them on. How the hell do you have this thing hoverboard? And he's all befuddled because, you know, he does the and he hits the little divider that the door locks into, you know, the security door, and he can't go forward. He just uh, stops, uh, stops, backs up a little bit, uh, stops. And you, you watch the thought process where he has to remember how to fucking walk. 
And then he's he's trying to figure out because he's still at the threshold now behind his hoverboard, going, "Oh, you mean I'm gonna have to pick this up and carry it into the store?" Oh man, this is not a way to start a day. And ah, uh, then he comes up to me. I, I don't want to rag on this guy too much, but I'm going to. He comes up to me and he's got his earbuds in. And he's trying to talk to me over whatever conversation he has going because he's on a conference call. And I'm like, you cyborg looking mother effer. Would you take the earbuds out and just interact with me like a human, goddamn human being, you know? Just for 30 seconds, that's all I ask. Oh. But I have one last thing that I want to talk about between East Coast and West Coast. And that is that I see things out here that give me hope that on the East Coast would have given me lament. And I saw the other day on my way into BART, this couple sitting there on the stairs shooting up heroin together. (laughs) And I said, we're gonna make it. (laughs) I believe in love again because this means I have friends I haven't seen in years because they don't love anything as much as they love heroin. And this is a couple saying, I love you as much as I love heroin. (laughs) They're gonna stick together, and I'm gonna write this story because they are a modern day Romeo and Juliet, not just because they were both 13, (laughs) but because they're gonna end up the same way, and that's dead together in a heap. Anyway, with that, I want to bring up our first comic. He comes to us. Thank you, thank you. You're all too kind. Thank you. Uh, I want to bring up our first comic. I've been talking with him. He's a very interesting man. He's been in San Francisco. He's been in Portland. He understands the struggles that I struggle with. But from a European sensibility, his name is Martin Lendos! Thank you. It's on. Ah, cool. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. It's awesome being here at Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Uh, woo, indeed. Uh, I am from East of the Rockies, a European, I say. I'm, I, I actually came all the way from Sweden. To gentrify your country, uh, it's going si- uh, city by city. Started off here, moved to Portland, going great, pretty dedicated to it. Uh, but now, yeah, I am from Sweden, and I don't want to start off bragging up here, but Swedes were recently voted the smuggest people in the world. <laughs> it's true, we are very smug and incredibly white. Uh, I don't know if those two are related in any way. But just judging from the last couple of months, I'd say they probably are. People ask me that all the time, like, how white are you people? And I'm like, I I guess the answer is like a lot. We're we're a lot white. It's really hard to explain how white we are in Sweden. It's just another level of whiteness. Like, uh, imagine a polar bear making love to, uh, well, another polar bear would make sense. (laughs) Uh, and then as he's finishing, a little bit of his substance dribbles onto the snow. <laughs> and compared to the snow, it has like a yellow tint to it. Now, I don't know if this particular polar bear hadn't made love for a while, or maybe it's something he ate. 
I don't know. It doesn't doesn't really matter. The point I'm trying to make is that Swedish people are like the snow. <laughs> and compared to us, most other white people are, uh, well, yellow-tinted polar bear cum. <laughs> it's a pretty common analogy. Uh, I came here to this country 15 years ago, and uh, we're pretty similar cultures, but there are some cultural differences uh, that I encountered. Uh, one was, uh, you guys are very nice on the, on the surface. Like, uh, <laughs> like you, what is it? You, you have nice words, and you use them. Like, like, thank you, and please, and excuse me. You know, we have those words. We just don't use them very often in Sweden. We use words like, hola. And uh, if you don't know what hola means, uh, it basically means, uh, describes the act of walking up to a window where there's people on the other side, like a cafe or something. And then you take out your penis, you make a little mark on the window, and then you walk away. <laughs> that's that's Ola. I think <laughs> think it says says a lot about a culture when you need find a need to invent a word for that act. <laughs> uh, but it does sum us up. We do like short descriptive words, and and we like to leave a mark on stuff. It's it's kind of us. Another thing that was a little. Uh, a little cultural differences uh, was uh, your racism. Uh, it was so open. <laughs> and I, I think that has to do with the fact that you haven't been white for very long. Like a couple of hundred years. You know, you were like what we like to call baby whites. You know? Your racism is still raw and, you know, it's easy to spot, but it's scary, you know? Whereas in Sweden, we've been white for like... Uh, way too long. <laughs> Our racism is different. It, it's a little bit like herpes in that we have the occasional flare-up, but for the most part, we've suppressed it <laughs> in, into our culture. I mean, if you came to visit Sweden, you wouldn't even notice racism until it's too late. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean... To be fair, though, we don't see it ourselves unless it's specifically pointed out to us. Like, my wife told me that our, the logo for our chocolate-covered rice candy is racist. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like a yellow face with two squinty eyes and an oversized rice hat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that out loud, it does sound a little racist. And I haven't even told you about our licorice candy logo. Like, if you go, actually, don't Google that. Don't, uh, because you will just feel kind of sad. Uh, I don't know what it is about Swedish people and why we express our racism through candy. It's a thing. We do it. And last time I was home, I asked about this, and I was told that it's actually not racist. Because we've always done it that way. <laughs> so apparently, if you start something before it's racist, you don't have to worry about it. Which was a huge relief to me, because for a second there, it kind of sounded like we invented racism. <laughs> which, after ABBA and Ikea, I, th I don't think we could have lived that down. Uh, I'm going to give you a little factoid. I like to break my comedy up with little facts uh, so you learn something. Uh, I read recently that it's been scientifically proven that if you start a sentence saying that something has been scientifically proven, people are 87% more likely to believe what you're saying. Yeah, think about it. I can't wait to try that on out. Well, now you know that, so uh, let's move on.
Uh, I, I used to have a pretty grim outlook on life. Uh, I used to think that life was just a race to death. But as I got older and I had kids, I changed my view on this. The kids really put it in perspective. I no longer think that life is a race to death. I think life is a journey to your breaking point. <laughs> and, li and death is just a sweet byproduct of that. Um, I recently turned 39. And uh, you know how to say different ages have different things. Like when you're in your 20s, you're invincible. And then when you're in your 60s, you're supposed to be v wiser. I feel like I'm at an age now that I just wish they had toilet paper next to the urinal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's not as exciting, but, you know, that's where I'm at. And, like, turning 30, 39, I, I sat down and I, I took stock of my life. Big mistake. Shouldn't have done that. And it was like reading a redacted CIA report. You know, there was things I thought would be in that I was just missing. You know, for example, I'll give you an example. I have apparently never been employed by anyone. <laughs> ever. I thought that was something that would have happened by now, but nothing. I mean, I've had jobs, little jobs here and there. There's nothing official or technically legal. Like, I, I spent some time uh, digging graves or digging up graves. Uh, not a grave digger. Those are the people that dig holes in the ground to put dead people into. I dug dead people out of the ground because someone asked to dig the dead people out of the ground. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, I learned a lot during that. I learned that people buried in bronze caskets are assholes. <laughs> they really are. I don't know if you noticed, but if you bury it in a bronze casket, you decompose a lot slower than normal. Also, they're very heavy. So you inevitably drop the casket. The contents of said casket is gonna, I wanna say dribble onto you <laughs> as you're pinned under a heavy bronze casket. When that happens twice, you quit. <laughs> Just common sense. Like the job I had right after that was I was actually a male, uh, male escort, uh, which was surprisingly similar to the first one. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anyone going into that business, but if you see yourself kind of floating that way, there's a couple of pointers that I would like to give you that I wish someone had given me before I started. Uh, first of all, don't spend all that hard-earned grave digging money on a really nice suit. <laughs> it's not the kind of dates you'll be going on. It just isn't. Instead, what you should do, you should invest that money into a high-capacity water heater. Because there's nothing worse than running out of hot water after half an hour when you know it's going to take at least two hours to get clean. <laughs> and lastly, if the first thing your date tells you is that they want to shave all the hair off your body, then later that night, don't let them tie you to a radiator. Just don't. <laughs> don't do it. That one sounds very specific, piece of advice, but it's surprisingly general. <laughs> Just telling you. Uh, and now I'm going to give you another one of those little factoids. Um, did you know that it takes approximately three months for a human eyebrow to grow back? Hmm? Found that out. 
Oh. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> know where to go from there. Uh, yeah, uh, last week I was mistaken for a girl. Twice. Which is fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind that. It's just, I wonder why not a woman? Because I'm a pretty tall, I'm a pretty tall dude, you know? And I, I mean, I, it's so, I, I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm very secure in my masculinity. I just wonder sometimes if people can see just how secure I am, you know? And I feel that gets people in trouble, especially me. I have a friend for, <laughs> I have a friend who grew up in a very machismo culture, and he's constantly trying to prove how manly he is, oftentimes by doing very unmanly stuff. And he has this thing where he thinks that if he starts a sentence saying, are you man enough? Whatever comes after that is automatically a manly thing to do. Like ridiculous how hard it is to argue with that. I can't. Last time we hung out, he said, hey, Martin, are you man enough to streak across that college football field in the middle of practice? And I don't know, that might not sound like a really manly thing to do. But trust me, it's like the manliest thing you can do. It's naked in front of college, sweaty college kids. It's awesome. So we did it. And uh, we ended up in the pay local paper the next day. Mainly because the college turned out to be a high school. <laughs> and apparently they frowned upon 39-year-old naked men. Thank you. I'm Martin Landolz. You guys have been great. Keep it going for Martin, oh my goodness. Streaking across a football field. I haven't done that since college. And I was making sure it was a college before I did it. Oh goodness. You know, I love, uh, you know, there's one thing about San Francisco and New York that's very similar. Uh, and I would say that uh, PSAs, PSAs. You know, little piece of advice you could give out to people to be on the watch for things. Uh, avoid getting ripped, up, ripped, uh, ripped off uh, by the man, right? Uh, so one I'll give out here for free tonight is uh, in San Francisco, if you see someone panhandling and you feel compelled to give them money, do so at your leisure. If you're in New York, look a little closer, okay? Because in San Francisco, when you see the homeless woman with the three kids, that's legit, you know? That's just sad. But in New York, when you see the homeless woman with the three kids, look a little closer. Because you'll realize she's a method actor, two of those kids are child actors, and the third's just a little person, okay? With that little piece of advice, I want to bring up your next comic. He comes to us from Portland. He has a connection to East of the Rockies that I cannot remember because of Pam's delicious, delicious treats. <laughs> Your next comedian, please give him a warm, warm welcome to the Mutiny Radio, is Jake Breslauer! Thank you, thank you, San Francisco. Let's hear from your host, you guys. Uh, my name is Jake Breslauer. Um, I am a Jew. Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> that's my connection to East of the Rockies. Uh, my whole family's Jewish. Um, I'm, I'm terrified as a Jewish man uh, in this economy. Um, 
I don't know, just because this whole alt-right shit that's happening. And by the way, alt-right is a terrible name for a hate group. It sounds less like a hate group and more like a Pandora radio station that only plays Nickelback and sometimes Creed. <laughs> Um, I live in Portland, Oregon right now. Um, I uh, recently moved back to Portland after living in Los Angeles uh, for a few years, where a producer once described my look as hungover, but ready to rock. (laughs) And just when I thought no one in Hollywood understood me, um, I got called out, I think for maybe one audition while I was in Los Angeles for a Skittles spec commercial, uh, whatever the fuck that is. And I'm talking to the casting director on the phone. He says, hey, man, he goes, just give the heads up. You're probably not going to get the part. He says, physically, you're not what we're looking for. I said, that's cool. I've heard that before from agencies and women. Uh, But just out of curiosity, I'm like, what is it that you're looking for? He goes, well, what the script calls for is a strong, confident black man. Well, I'm none of those things. (laughs) And my question is, who's the asshole who works at Skittles Casting that says, well, we couldn't find any strong, confident black men, but you know who really nailed it? That short, awkward Jew. It's never happened. (laughs) Um, So I live in Portland um, with my parents. Uh, (laughs) And uh, when I first moved to Portland, you know, I kind of got the bullshit, you know, about like Los Angeles people coming in, you know, jacking up the rent prices. I get it, Um, but as I tell people, like, here's the reality of my situation. Um, I'm a 28-year-old out-of-work blogger who just moved back in with my parents, so I don't contribute to the rent hike, because at this point, I don't really contribute to society. Living at home, uh, 90% of my free time is spent. I gotta turn on a television, and she's 57. Like, it's not that old. We're hanging out one day, and she goes, hey, can you turn on the TV? I'm like, do you want? No, man, like, you gotta figure out how to turn on a television at some point in your life. And she says, okay, I'll figure out how to turn on a TV when you figure out how to pay rent. I'm like, oh, and we're turning on the television. Love you, mother. (laughs) Um... My dad's pretty cool. Um, My dad recently wanted to join Twitter and Instagram. Um, It gets worse. (laughs) So he's, we're talking one day and he says, what should my handle be? And I said, well, you know, do something that's true to yourself. So my dad's been a baker his entire life. So the name that my father chose for himself is Pie Daddy 2000. And I said, of all the fucking names that you could have chosen, why did you choose Pie Daddy 2000? He said, well, Pie Daddy is already taken. I'm like, yeah, probably by a sex offender. (laughs) Um, A friend asked me, "Um, you live at home, um, how's the dating situation? I'm like, not good. Um, (laughs) That's never been a good thing for me. I had a lady caller over at my parents' house. Oh, I hate saying that sentence. (laughs) And the next morning, I'm like, hey, let's get out of here. Let's go get breakfast or something. She goes, okay, why are you trying to scoop me out? I'm like, I just want to get you out of here if my parents wake up. Just saying that sentence, I think made my penis shrink at least three inches. Um, my day job, uh, right now I work as a delivery driver for a catering company, uh, cause you know, uh, art degree. Um, and it's, it's a bad idea cause I have awful road rage 
And I'm driving one day and I'm talking to my sister on the phone um, and I want to merge lanes. And Portland drivers do this very special thing. When you want to merge into a lane, they speed up. (laughs) And I'm trying to merge and there's about 100 yards between me and the car behind me. I'm exaggerating. I don't care. I have road rage. Fuck off. Um, So I'm trying to merge and she speeds up. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going in. I'm doing it. Fuck this. And I go in and she blares on her horn. There is no reason for her to. She didn't have to stop or anything. I'm talking to my sister. I'm like, I'm going to flip her off. I'm going to do it. I'm going to flip her off. My sister says, no, 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 no. Don't flip her off. Give her the thumbs down. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) And it felt amazing. (laughs) Because she pulls up next to me and she's fully expecting the finger. She's fucking fired up. And I just go, Boom. <laughs> like Caesar sending someone to their fucking death. Boom. Oh my God. And the look on her face was priceless. It's like she had 20 life revelations at once. And I just wanted to see what happened when she went home to like her family like later that night. Her husband was like, how was work today, honey? She's like, I don't think I'm fit to be a mother anymore. <laughs> Some comic with unchecked anger issues really put that into perspective for me. Um... But yeah, part of my job uh, working in catering is um, we, we, we like catered like a lot of like uh, rich, like affluent neighborhoods and um, people who don't want to cook dinner for themselves. And at the end of the at the end of the night, they don't have to wash the dishes. They put them on the porch. We come the next day and we pick it up. Um, so th- I go to a house and I'm going to go pick up all the dishes on the porch. And there is a bunch of bread just stuffed into a Ziploc bag, left overnight with a note that says, please donate to the homeless. Fuck you. I'm like, there's no way I'm donating your moldy porch bread to the homeless. And the terrible thing is that person probably slept great that night, feeling awesome about themselves. Like, I'm a philanthropist. (laughs) I am, it's such a good thing today. And I'm furious. I'm furious. I'm like, fuck people. And I break a glass plate on the driveway. I think accidentally. (laughs) <laughs> and I go back and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta look these people in the eyes. We're not supposed to look in the eyes. It's not a written rule, but I don't think they want to look us in the eyes. <laughs> and I knock in the door and like instantly like two like seven foot tall poodles. They weren't, seven, they look seven feet tall. I'm a short guy. Uh, <laughs> just run up. And it's like when, when, when a dog runs up and like these dogs haven't been touched in like three years. Um, and they run up and they give you that eye that's like, are they going to bite or are they going to hump? Are they going to bite or are they going to hump? They're going to bite they're going to hump. And I'm just surrounded by these poodles. And this, <laughs> and this woman comes up and she goes, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I, I broke a glass plate on your driveway. I need to get a broom. And she looks at me and goes, a what? <laughs> a broom. That thing you used once in 1985? Like, a broom. It took them 15 minutes to find a broom. They didn't know where it was in their house. Oh, there's affluent Portland for you. Um, Not the worst job I've ever had. The worst job that I ever had was when I worked as a janitor in a children's dance academy in Fresno, fucking California. Yes! Oh, people like to say that Fresno is where dreams go to die. And I feel like that's too kind. Um, (laughs) 
To me, Fresno's or dreams go to do meth, get in a shootout with the cops, survive the shootout, then later die of gangrene in a dirty prison cell. That's what dreams do in Fresno fucking California. Um, comparable to that, though, on the Jibby... Sh- oh, Jibby? Shitty. I, I tried to say shitty, but I said jibby. Moving on. Uh, compared to that on the shitty job scale uh, was when I worked as a barista on Hollywood Boulevard because I truly believe that people are the worst versions of themselves in the ordering coffee. Um, I had a guy come in one morning. He didn't say hello. How are you? You know, none of that normal niceties. He just comes straight up to the counter and goes, all right, dude, here's the deal. I don't want a mocha, okay? What I want is a hot chocolate but with espresso. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, a mocha, no, hot chocolate is chocolate with hot milk. And a mocha is chocolate, hot milk, and espresso. So the customer was wrong. And I tried to be civil at first, and I was like, technically, sir, what you do want is a mocha. To which he replies, no, 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 no. I don't like mochas, okay? I just want a hot chocolate, but with espresso. My manager comes over and says, dude, let's just let this one go. And I said, nope. <laughs> I'm going to take this way too far. And the guy goes, dude, I don't give the big deals, right? I want a hot chocolate but with espresso. And I said, well, I want you to die. <laughs> so we're not all going to get what we want today, sir. And I'm sorry, it wasn't that I wanted this guy to die. It's just that I can't wanted him to be murdered in the worst way possible because my hope is that when this guy dies and he gives up the pearly gates the one question he has to answer to get into heaven is what is the difference between a hot chocolate and a fucking mocha so when they send his ass down to hell his personal eternal hell is going to be an endless starbucks training course (laughs) my name is jake preslow have a great night guys Give it up one more time for Jake. Come on, yeah. Woo! Oh, we're most of the way through here. And uh, our next comic hails from a place I got beef with. I, I got, jeez. Uh, I got beef with Boston, man. I got so much beef with Boston. I, I, I used to live in New York, and it's just, New York, you know, we're direct. We're not jerks, we're just direct. You know, get out of my way, I'm in a hurry. Would you hurry up already? Come on, give me what I order, you know? That's New York. In Boston it's, eh, go fuck yourself. You know, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, and Portland, as for Portland, holy Christ. You know, it's like you were part of the circus and decided to run away to a weirder fucking circus. You know? It's like, you said, San Francisco, you're weird, but you're not my particular brand of just fucking weird. Holy shit. Oh my God. Anyway, enough about other places other than San Francisco. And here, and right now, doing the East of the Rocky show, I want to bring up your next person. He's our headliner tonight. He's a wonderful dude. He's got a guitar. I'm already worried. Uh, it's gonna be Ben Quick! Actually, not from uh, Boston originally. I grew up in uh, Syracuse, New York. Okay? If anyone knows that place, uh, it's got more snow than any other city in the country, and that's because God tries to hide the things He's not proud of. 
So uh, this is the uh, my first song here. Is just to get you guys to get to know me a little bit, a little bit about me and uh, what I'd probably be doing if I wasn't out here for this festival. It's kind of how my weekends go. And if you want to hang out later, I'll be down. Uh. Tonight for dinner, tonight for dinner, tonight for dinner I'm having peanut butter crackers and NyQuil. Pass out with the crumbs in your hair. Peanut butter crackers and NyQuil, cause you'll know rock bottom when you're there. Thank you guys. I was, uh, I was gonna finish that one and then I fell asleep. working on it. I wish that song wasn't about, I really wish that song was just about one time. I'll just say that uh, and move on. All right. This next song is about uh, when you when you like someone and then you want to be with them and then you can't because it's like something in the way and won't work out. And uh, I wrote it as a completely original musical premise. So. We seem like a match and we get along great Girl, you know I think that you and I should date The chemistry is there and there's so much we both like But you've already got a man in your life I want you to take me instead, girl, that's the truth I want to tell you to leave him cause he's probably a douche But the more that I dig, the more I realize, god damn it your boyfriend's a good guy <laughs> He's a stand-up dude with a great moral compass And I hear that he's cultured and can even play trumpet And even though I fear that it'll end in marriage I bet he gets along great with your parents I was ready for a war and now I'm left here torn About flooding his computer full of horse porn I guess I'll hold off my plans to cut his brakes and send fire to his dog was probably a mistake to have even thought about. Like, should never have been on the table at all. He's a genuine listener who exhibits patience and I can't bring myself to plot his assassination. He's sensitive and funny and he's got a life plan. Plus from what I can tell, we even like the same bands. How do you stab a guy like that? They get really mad at you when you do that. You're not supposed to stab people, I guess. I won't deny that he's a catch of a guy With that bright smile and those dreamy eyes Those muscles, those abs, what doesn't he have? You know I wonder what it's like to watch him take a bath The way his hair blows lightly in the wind I bet he also has soft, supple skin Girl, you know I'd never let anything get between us Except I think I maybe want to suck him in the penis <laughs> Me and him together as an unstoppable team It may only ever happen in my wettest of dreams Could you give him my number? Cause girl, I know I sound high But god damn it Your boyfriend's a good guy Thanks, guys. Uh, so I wrote that one like a while ago, and a friend of mine came to my show pretty recently, and he uh, saw me play a song, and he filmed it, and he put it online the next day, which is all great, until he only put up the second half of the song, uh, which is fine. Now there's, there's a video on the internet where I'm just singing about blowing a dude. No contest. 
It's never coming down because we're no longer friends. All right. Uh, this is the part of the show where I get uh, like deep. We get philosophical. Uh, I wrote this song about if songs were just like us as people, you know, if they were human beings who had hopes and dreams and goals and, 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 and drinking problems and parents they didn't speak to and, you know, the whole works. This is called uh, If This Song Were Human. If this song were human, that would be strange. The chorus would probably be its brain. And the melody, I guess, would be the hands and feet. And the rhythm would be the heartbeat. And the harmony, well, this may sound weird. But I think that would be the song's beard. This is not a full song, I only wrote a portion So if this song were human, it'd be an abortion <laughs> That's the whole song, yeah Thank you, I was gonna finish, uh, sorry, I should say some people get upset at that song Because uh, they feel like even if it didn't have a chorus, it was still a song So, I just want to thank you guys for being down <laughs> All right, this is the little interlude I got to do. I'm required to do it. It's a commercial. Yeah. Do you need a box? Because I got boxes. Welcome to the box store. If you need a box for whatever you want, well, look no more. I got big ones, small ones, wide ones, thin ones, boxes everywhere. So many boxes for you to put your junk in that I had to share. So come on down to the box store. Cool, I wrote that one for a brothel. They, they didn't want it at all. They're like, we're not allowed to advertise. <laughs> I always, I had to use a capo to play this next one. I always like use a capo, which is to change the key of the song so I can pretend like it's a different key, but it's like, it's the same key. It's like if I put a wig on and told my girlfriend she was fucking a new dude. It's like, nah, man, still you. part where I usually do a one-liner. I was driving to the airport uh, for, I came out here, and I saw a billboard that said on it, uh, maybe it's time for an eye exam. And I, and I read it, and I thought, no. Uh, so this song is uh, about being on an airplane. Uh, I uh, try to do airline humor. I don't think enough comics do airline humor, so I'm just... Late night, it's a red-eye flight My pillow ready, gonna try and sleep tight But there's a small problem between me and sleep The baby next to me in his seat And his liftoff happens, so do my nightmares Cause this baby next to me has got his eyes full of tears Now this baby has been crying for an hour and change We all want him to be quiet and I think I know a way <laughs> Would someone throw this baby off this plane? You can make another one, all babies are the same So it's someone throw this baby off this plane Throw it out the back and we'll all be on our way 
I've got $25 and I'll chip in with the cash Cause this baby's making me wish that the plane would crash So someone do what's right and open up a hatch I think we're over water where he'll make a splash I'd rather watch you make a baby on the plane you can do it in the seat and I won't even complain You can give the brand new baby the same name And in another year it'll be like nothing's changed This plane's going 500 miles an hour, cruising altitude to 31,000 feet. A baby fall 125 miles out of the 169 seconds of the ground, which made a plane of going 120,550 feet. Now, using the Pythagorean theorem a squared plus b squared equals c squared, 120,550 squared plus 31,000 squared is a really big number, so we'll divide that by 5,280 to go from feet to miles. Stay with me. And the square of that new number is about 23.98, which means that we'll be 24 miles away when the baby hits the ground. <laughs> so it's not like the blood will be on our hands. That's what I'm saying, you know? It's gonna be on someone's house, probably. <laughs> like, some guy's gonna walk outside like, ah, oh, I think the stork must have dropped one. <laughs> if you're gonna bring a baby on a plane, hey, you should get him drunk so that he won't complain. That's what my parents did when I was on a plane. And I grew up with a relatively minor damage to my brain. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for laughing at the death of an infant child. I appreciate That song is, a, uh, is airline humor mixed with a dead baby joke told using a prop. I call it, I call it the heck comedy triple crown. Um, Actually, I blow through that math section in the middle where I do like all that stuff, and people will ask me if that math is right, and it kind of is. Like, if, you took, if you took the numbers that I used, you get the same results. I did do the math and everything. The only thing is I had to guess that a baby falls at 125 miles an hour uh, because as it turns out, there's really not a lot of research there. <laughs> so. All right. I got one more for you guys. Can you guys help me out with this last one? Yay. So for this one... Uh, I'm going to like sing a thing. I'm going to have you guys, if you guys can sing it back and we do a little call response, we can guard into it. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to sing. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Perfect. Now this time I'm going to start it and then I'm going to cue you guys to join in with me. All right. Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler had a lot of good ideas. You know what? Never mind. I don't I'm going to save that one for my alt-right rally later. Thank you guys so much. My name is Ben Quick. Hope you guys had fun. Keep it going for Ben Quick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. You know, any comic that sees me normally around San Francisco goes, uh, why'd you lose the suit? Because I never wear this. Eli knows. Eli works with me in coffee every day. And, uh, you know, he's never seen me wear a suit. Right? And the reason I lost the suit is because just too many pockets to lose stuff in. Like, I've been looking for my lighter for 20 minutes, and it just does not work for potheads. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming out to watch this show, East of the Rockies, uh, supporting local comedy here in San Francisco, and Mutiny Radio. Give yourselves a round of applause for being a great audience. Uh.
We've been awesome. This has been us. Have a good night. Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tuzel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitable. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anyone. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Fervor Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you were an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. 
What a tomato. Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. What a tomato. No, no, seriously. I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? What a tomato. Dude, it's a fine, beautiful tomato. I want to eat one, too. I want one right now. I like to eat them like an apple with salt. Tell me, where'd you get the tomato? What a tomato. Are you high? Just tell me where I can find a tomato like that. What a tomato. Is this a metaphor? 